Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Damashek Football Program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program, available as always on iTunes, Stitcher, and nfl.com/shack. S H E K Shack Shack Shack. All right, Studio 66, ready to roll. We have a couple of guests in here for the Red Challenge flag segment. Dan Hanzus from around the NFL, the podcast, and uh, and the page updating you on all things NFL. Every second, any news that breaks, they're ready to cover it for you. And also, like I say, make sure you check out their tremendous podcast available also like ours iTunes, Stitcher, and at NFL.com. And also, you see him on NFL Now. You see him on the Fantasy Show. You hear him here every week doing the Red Challenge flag segment. It's Elliot Harrison. All right, fellas, we're going to get into the picks in just a second here. Real quick, though, something that I've been buzzing about for the last week or so is I observed, actually, I was watching Sunday Night Football, and that really confirmed it for me, that the Steelers have something that seems unique to me, which is, that they have three players that rank in the top six at their respective positions. Roethlisberger, to me, is fifth at worst, or let's say six. Levy and Bell, I think LaDainian Tomlinson calls him the best running back. That may be getting a little bit hyperbolic, but just the same. He does look terrific, and Antonio Brown doesn't cut the same figure as the other bonafide, you know, unstoppable wide receivers. He's not six foot five and, uh, and all that. But I think you do have to put him in there. So that makes me think, you know, just like the Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin triplets, what is the best gang? What's the best triplets we have going in the NFL? I'm going to start with you. I have my list ready to go, but I'm ready to let you guys shake me off of it. I'm going to start with you, Elliot Harrison. Well, what's ironic to me is that the, the Cowboys that you mentioned, they use those triplets to dominate the league. They won three out of four Super Bowls. No team had done that until New England did it in the early 2000s. But at the top of my group, I have a tie. Uh, I, I cannot. Oh, come dis- on. That's not fair. I, that's not fair. Tie. Right yes. out of the gate with a tie? I got Make a, a decision, boy. 
I got a 1A and 1B. Flip your coin. I tell you what, to to defer to you, I will take the Steelers number one. Really? Yeah, because Le'Veon Bell is so young. Was he 22 years old? And and, uh, he was a young rookie. Ben Roethlisberger played at a really high level against Carolina. And I think Ben Roethlisberger is – borderline hall of famer at this point borderline uh, he's in the hall of fame don't worry about that. i don't i don't know if he retired today that he's in the hall of fame but i do but i think right. you're projecting a little bit which is okay because uh, he's going to play a few more years antonio brown is phenomenal last i disagree year. with you by the way he could retire today and he would make the hall of fame he's been in three super bowls hey, and won two of them let's That's, save that for hall right. or nothing next right. time we get rod here you know but uh, I have the Cowboys at number two, and what's, uh, that's what I'm saying is mm. ironic because they, they stink. I mean, yeah, I get it. They're 2-1, and one, but I think Dallas is a 7-9 and nine team this year, and I just can't pick anybody else better than Romo, Murray, and Bryant hands us uh, three. I've got Green Bay with Rodgers, Lacey, and Jordy. Jordy probably being the weakest of those three, I would say, arguably, mm. arguably. Uh, Eagles, Nick Foles, LaShawn McCoy, Macklin at four, and then Bears fifth. Cutler, Forte, and Marshall. I think Brandon Marshall could be the best wide receiver in football. I don't period. disagree with that opinion, although I mean, I'd probably put him 1A. I still have Megatron number one. Hanzus, how say you? Some stunning uh, opinions shared here. Some big bit. names left off that list. Well, I think I think that your pick of the Steelers is a gutsy one, I, but I also think they have the highest upside right now of the of these of these triplets, especially if Bell does realize this potential. He's a rushing champion this year. Antonio Brown, as you know, Dave, we spoke about it all, all during the offseason, is co- constantly overlooked as one of the great wide receivers in football. And Big Ben uh, is one of the top ten quarterbacks. I know you think he's top five. Is that correct? I do, yeah. But top Certainly ten I for think, sure. So that's a great one. Uh, the, I'm going with the Packers, though. I really and, I like and that. I thought that was interesting, Elliot, that you saw Jordy Nelson as the weak link. And if you think that Jordy Nelson's the weak link, who my beloved Jets got torched for almost 200 yards uh, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, put on display, he's another guy that gets overlooked for his ability as a big play receiver. I think he's an absolute stud. I think he's a, if he's not in the top five, he's in the top seven wide receivers. I think Lacey, despite his slow start, is an excellent player, and I, I bet he has a big bounce-back game in Chicago this week. And Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league, in my opinion. So especially if you want to weight the quarterback position heavier in these type of things, which I think you probably should, got to go with the Packers. Let me lay this on you, fellas. And I have I can be shaken off this opinion, but I have the Steelers trio at number one. But number two for me, I go Peyton Monty Ball, who's the weak link, clearly, mm. in that one, and then Demarius Thomas. And another one you guys didn't bring up yet that is at number three for me, Stafford, Bush, Calvin Johnson. We can even debate if it's Bush or Joyke Bell, but either way, Calvin Johnson, the best, clearly. And Matt Stafford, I guess. I, 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 He's I could, too inconsistent, though. I guess you could knock yep. that one down. From yeah, a week-to-week basis, you could go from saying, oh, the Lions are definitely the best triplets but then you see what what Stafford will do like he's done the last two weeks after his amazing first week and Bush I don't know Bush has always been to me a better name than player I know he has skills he fumbles too much to me and it never quite has ever put it together so I don't put him at the same level as top running backs in the league I looked at upside when you sent the email about this to me I, I thought okay well Reggie Bush this is year nine you know Calvin Johnson this is year eight I'm not saying they've hit the wall but the wall may not be that far away. How much longer is Calvin Johnson going to be the 1,500-yard receiver? Hmm. That's I'd interesting. Yeah, this Two uh, or three years. I feel like he's – Right. I could see that, but I, I, I see your point also. Combined with Reggie's age, I'm talking about both of them, two sure. out of yeah. the three. 
Well, I then, so then after that trio, yeah, maybe I should move Stafford down, but I do have Aaron Rodgers at four. That is, it's actually three straight NFC North teams because then I go Cutler, Forte, Brandon Marshall at five. Jay Cutler, everybody continues to talk about, even though it's now relatively far. He was so, all right, fine. He got picked off in the first game by Kyle Williams, which was weird that a, that a heavy set uh, interior defensive lineman he is didn't intercepting see him your in pass. Coverage. But Jay, Jay Cutler's been terrific since then. And as I forecasted before the season, he's going to be the NFL MVP. We'll see about that. But either way, he's playing well. And Forte is dynamite. And Marshall, like you say, is up there. Then at six, I go Drew Brees, Ingram, and a little curveball. Jimmy Graham is uh, the completes the triplet there. I know he's not a wide receiver, but kind I of think. cheating, Dave. Yeah, you feel that's unfair. But, it, but at least bit. at least he and his you know group don't think of him as a wide receiver either. So yeah, that's yeah. exactly. You know who I like at the bottom of your list? Who's another that? upside uh, triplet trifecta? Andy Dalton, Gio Bernard, yes. AJ Green. Gio Bernard is a guy who could potentially by the end of the season be a guy you see as a top 10 running back. A.J. Green, we know how good he is, probably a top five wide receiver. And then everything, every, it all goes back to Dalton right now when you're trying to figure out the AFC. How good is Andy Dalton? I'm more of a believer than my around-the-NFL compadres, for instance. Uh, Chris Wessling established the AD scale after Dalton scale, saying that every quarterback after Dalton is not a franchise quarterback and every quarterback ahead of him is, and Dalton just exists in the ether in between those spots. I think he actually is in the you know top 12 maybe, and so that He's makes not, them. We counted them out here on this show, oh, and yeah, we named right. 15 quarterbacks yeah. superior to Andy Dalton. Whatever. But, uh, yeah, but I think that if he, if Dalton – remember, he's also still very young. If Dalton makes the leap this year, they're definitely – you can make an argument for them. Just one dark horse. I got him at 10, by the way. Total yeah. dark horse to me would be the Atlanta Falcons. Julio Jones is young. Matt Ryan's a really good quarterback. If Devonta Freeman gets in there and gets a chance to play regularly – I think he can be a special player. Hmm. I think just a dark horse. I, right now, I wouldn't put him in the top ten. That, those three, obviously, actually, not even playing. I'll just to give you my top ten to round it out. Uh, at number six, I have Breeze, Ingram, Jimmy Graham. Seven, Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, Percy Harvin. At eight, I go with that Atlanta triplet group. At nine, I go with Philly. And at ten, there's Cincy, Andy Dalton. And that gang, and not until 11 do we get to your choice, the Cowboys of Romo, DeMarco, and Des Bryant. And that leaves Tom Brady at number 12, appropriate for his jersey tough number. Week for but Tom that's Brady. bad, huh? This has been a tough week. I feel like every time I turn around, Tom Brady's getting bagged on by someone in the NFL media group or, you know, from outside the company. It just seems like we're back where we were around week six last year, I feel like, when all of a sudden there were a lot of stories like, is Tom Brady done? And then all of a sudden Gronk got back and they, they were tearing the league up until Gronk got hurt again. I say everybody's got to calm down, wait till Gronk is back to 100%. And he said today, actually, he said on Thursday or on Wednesday, he said that, you know, he's only played half the snaps for the for the Patriots, that he's feeling better. He's ready for a bigger workload. I think as long as that knee cooperates, uh, that offense will get better once Gronk gets better. Um, all right. We're crunched for time here. Everybody's busy. Elliot is wearing a suit and tie. That should tell you everything you Handsome. need to know here. So let's get to Thank it. You. We'll do an abbreviated version of the Red Challenge flag segment. <laughs> Challenge Ow. How about this? Dan Hanzu's filling in for uh, for Handsome Hank here. Usually fills the I seat like the that gray. Hanzu's is in. 
I like it. Yeah. Salt and pepper. Yeah, you, you got the it's sharp gray. Yeah. Yep. I, good. I yeah, I was in the uh, the old makeup chair for these NFL now hits and they they complimented my hair and said, Oh, I'm going yeah, gray don't and they color said, it. Don't don't dare don't, color it. Don't color it. Looks good on No me. indeed. Yeah. Some people that uh, some we people know do it right. Well, no, some people that we know do choose to darken the grays out and I think that's a big mistake. I I, I it's one of my dreams. I hope I go all silver <laughs> haired. I'd love to be a silver fox. How do we get here? I don't know. Listen, let's get into the games here. Like I say, Elliot's time is uh, is brief here. Let's go with the Philadelphia Eagles at the San Francisco 49ers. Elliot. I start By the way, can you. I just say real quick, I don't want to step on it. I don't know how the segment works. It's very complicated. Should I pretend like I do? I don't, it's, it's, everybody acts like it's the most uh, impossible to figure out thing in the world. He's going to tell you what he thinks. If you want to throw the challenge flag at his pick, Feel free to do so or keep it in your pocket. But okay. the guy that he goes to first has to keep it short. Okay. That's right. Just state who you think is yeah. going to win. Eagles, Niners, go. I got the Eagles on the road. I am throwing the yeah! red challenge flag, taking it out from my sock, tossing it. No way. The Niners are not as bad as maybe they've looked. They're at home. They can't go one and three. The Eagles, I'm not that crazy about how the Eagles have played to this point. I know they're 3-0, and mm-hmm. but they're due for a loss, and they'll survive a loss if they do. So the Niners need the game more. Jim Harbaugh is completely insane. I like that <laughs> attitude in a spot like this. Always go with crazy. Yeah, he's running out the string in San Francisco before he either moves to Miami or to Ann Arbor. We'll see how that works out <laughs> in January. I, the most important thing Hanzu said, aside from the insanity um, angle, it's the 49ers have to win, and that's what we talk about is unless this Niners team does, in fact, stink, then this is a game they need to have. They can't go to one. I disagree. Three. That's not the most important thing he said. You're talking about a guy with a browning nagel fat head in his room that just referenced pulling <laughs> the red true. flag from his sock, a clear Belichick move if there ever was one. How do you do that? How do you quote your rival there? I don't know. That the Niners will win, and Hanzus is correct. Next game is the Green Bay Packers. At the Chicago Bears, Hanzus, I start with you. This will be the game we look back no, on. No, 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 no. Oh, you just got to be. You assert your team. I and believe the Green Bay Packers will win the game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to do what Hank always does. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to keep my red flag in my pants, Dave. Uh, I'm going to go with you. I think the Packers are going to win this game. Eddie Lacy, this is a game that he comes back, and he's going to torch them Agreed. for 135 yards on the ground. More balance offense. I agree with Rogers that. Rodgers doesn't have to win the game himself. Green I got Bay the wins. Packers, too, and I think Eddie Lacy has a big day, but this is one of the two toughest games to call. It's tough. Or two or three. Real quick, let's get uh, let's jam a couple more in here. Um, Elliot Harrison, the Detroit Lions at the New York Jets. This is the opposite of the, the, um, the Denny Green – we thought who they are who we thought they were game. We don't know who either one of these teams <laughs> are. The Lions torched in week one. They, they Oh, the all-time offense. Since then, they've scored a combined total of 17 points on offense. The Jets could have won all three of their games, but here they sit at one and two. Make your pick. Well, thank God you went to me first because you took all the meat off the bone for analysis all right. purposes. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'll take Detroit on the road. Flags out again. Yes. <laughs> I knew it. Zeus, he gets it. out of the pocket like Rexy yeah. does it. Hanzus gets drama. Yeah. You need conflict yeah. for drama. Honestly, the, the Jets, I, I, I don't know. I get sucked in because I am a Jets fan. But honestly, the this team played horribly on Monday, almost won. I kind of like how they play at home now. It's not like the same old Jets. 
overall, Monday notwithstanding, I think Geno bounces back. I think Stafford struggles and gets beat up by that Jets defensive line. I think Calvin Johnson's going over 100 yards, but it won't matter. Interesting stuff. And by okay. the way, I texted you on Monday night, Hanzoos, to express – my sorrow for you because it shows mm. my empathy as a man, as a human being, you know? Mm. Yeah, we're colleagues, but you know, before anything else, we're human beings, you and me. <laughs> I thought you were going to say felt, friends, but okay. I thought, no, I'll take no, human don't, beings. Don't push it. But I'll say this. I felt sorry for all Jets fans. That was a fumble and should have been a touchdown oh, at, before the disgusting. half. And the, obviously they got the ball, but that wasn't enough for that. You get that touchdown. 20, it offsets the pick. Everybody keeps saying, even Jets fans say, well, but Gino did throw two terrible picks at pick six. Yeah, it offsets the pick six then. And basically, you know. Gino was going to blow that game either way, though. <laughs> what? Uh, it was just that bad. The Gino coaster. I would do at this moment. All right, one more nice. tough Family one. This is, this is another tough one. And then, uh, Elliot, you're going to run. And yep. uh, Hanzoos will blow through the rest of them real quick here. The New Orleans Saints at the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys sit at two and one. Saints. I've been saying this now. I, You know, I had the Saints as my number one seed. And like le- the late, great Jerry Orbach at the end of Dirty Dancing, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. I'm worried about the Saints. They can be three and two going into their bye. But go ahead and dig up what they've got on the other side of their bye. It's not like they have a three-game stretch. It is two and a half months. They have a 10-week slate. There is no gimme on it. It's it's really rugged. They better win this game. Hanzoos, how say you? They won't win the game. Oh, my. Cowboys hold court at home. Take down the Saints. Boy, that's if that's true, the Saints are in trouble. EH, I'll say uh, you. I'm going to have to pull out my, my flag and, yes. and throw that on you. Yes. I, I, I don't see that happening. Right, Handsome I, Hank may never be welcome back with all the disagreements <laughs> we have. I tell here. you, I, I just don't think the Cowboys are going to be able to get to Drew Brees, so he's just going to sit back there and pick them apart. I think it's a shootout. This is a 34-30 game. In my I got mind. it 45-38 Saints. I think you could see a game like that, but – Keep in mind, the Saints are not even close to the Saints on the road. We wrote a post on Around the NFL yesterday. They're, I believe they're 6-12 and 12 in their last 18 road games, and they average about uh, 26 points a game, or they, a far amount of points less than they do at home. They're a di- totally different team. I think ah, the but did you go well. inside those inside numbers and look at when they're in the dome or the semi-dome or whatever you call what Dallas has going now on the fast track – I'm sure they're quite a bit different than they are when they're than when they're in. You know, I don't think Chicago. it's all weather. I I'd, think I'd it's something it a, to do with that building, America's Dome. And by the way, <laughs> Drew Brees also is from there, so you know that return home. I guess that's either feast or famine. Either you rise because you're excited and you have a huge day, or people coming, you know, friends and stuff like that to yeah. watch you play. Although he's you know old enough now. That Since I picked the Cowboys, yeah. Could you do your Jerry Jones voice congratulating me on that? I I I I I'm going to think about that one. Okay. Mo Claiborne, you want to talk about talk about <laughs> what, what's yeah. what's what's he before you get out of here, Ali, yeah. real quick. What's uh what's Jerry to what was his conversation like with Mo Claiborne? Uh we uh <laughs> we like what you bring to our team. You remind me a lot of uh uh myself and uh, Dub Free. Uh two guys uh, just working and uh uh want to send you home with the Papa John's pizza. Want you to be happy. Uh, and come back here tomorrow and uh, work that cheese off. And, uh, hey, you and Skandrick are going to be like the, the, the two best friends anybody ever had. All right. There he goes, the great Elliot Harrison. As you get out. up to take off your headset. Oh, the other tough game. Well, there Ravens, are two other tough Ravens, ones. Panthers, that's, a, that's the one I'm looking at. Who do you got in that one, Ravens. EA? 
You got the Ravens. Hanzoos, how say you? Flags out. All right, Hanzoos. I disagree with you. I got Flags the Ravens out. in this one. Let's remember, too, as Elliot walks out, I'll, I'll start to make uh, the case for the Ravens against the Panthers. You know, I know we've seen now three weeks' worth of action, but still we're putting so much stock in these results. And it's, uh, in the results, not so much the deeds. The mm. Panthers – they beat a crummy Bucks team in week one. So it's kind of, all right, that's fine. That's a You, you want to win games in the NFL, and that's fine. But it's not like that's a banner victory in hindsight. Um, they got whipped at home by, by Pittsburgh. And so their one really good victory is at home against Detroit. The Ravens are on a little bit of a roll, somehow found motivation from all the off-field nonsense. Do you really or, believe that? I don't know. I, that, no, I, you know, that's, that's right. That's, that's a narrative. That's right. Yeah. And – the reality could be that the Ravens, you know, they 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 double up the steal. They beat them by what did they beat them by fourteen or more mm. than that seventeen, whatever the whatever the the final was. What was it twenty three six or something like that? Anyway, um, things broke right in that game for them. There were a couple of plays away from the Steelers at least being right in that one, and then that wouldn't look so good. And really, the Ravens maybe should have lost in Cleveland. On Sunday, so this is another one of those. Who are these teams? We don't know for sure quite yet. I'm going to take the Ravens at home. Yeah, I think I get what you're saying. I think both these teams are similar, like you said, to the Jets and Lions, where it's kind of tough to figure out at this point. But I still, I and I think the Sunday night game for the Panthers is one of those classic games where it just kind of got away from them, and uh, little Murphy's Law took hold. And I think this, I think their defense is too good. I think the loss of Dennis Dennis Pitt is a big deal for the Ravens. Agreed. Uh, I know Steve Smith has done a great job stepping up and becoming a big part of that offense, but they're gonna. It's gonna take some time to figure out. Owen Daniels is not gonna be the guy. Uh, so I like Cam Newton another week with his ankle rest. I just like the Panthers. They were the team of ATL in our podcast last year. We were thinking about supporting them again this year because they're fun to watch. They got players. I think they come out with the win. Um, and you mentioned Steve Smith. That's right. It, you know, talk about a guy who plays with a chip on his shoulder. We identify those guys who. And, and the guys who do that in sports well, the entire Seattle Seahawks do that well, and uh, <laughs> no wonder they're the world champs. Steve Smith is one of those guys, too. He's going to have the biggest chip of all time. He's going to have an entire potato. Um, not Because when they say chip, what, what kind of chip are they talking about? Is it a potato chip? I honestly always so saw like it a as casino one of those, chip? the people that don't have actual front lawns and they cheat instead of grass, they put the wood chips on. To cover it up, maybe that's a northeast thing. Well, you're from the northeast. Do you know Chip what I'm talking on about? your shoulder. What does that? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. But one the, of those is how I pictured it. A chip on your shoulder, but why would you I have a know. piece of wood on your shoulder? But then again, I think why that would expression you, should be. Why retired. would you have a potato chip on your shoulder? It's the same thing, <laughs> equally nonsensical. Um, but uh, Steve Smith, either way, thirty catches, three hundred yards. He's gonna. <laughs> he, he looks to, to the torment over. the uh, the Panthers all day long. Joining us now. NFL media researcher extraordinaire, a uh, a big star on last week's podcast. He joins us once again, Drew Christensen. What's the poop, fella? Guys, what's going on? Yeah, nothing. Well, we're getting ready for football. You invited me back. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so, real quick, we're blowing through the games here, and then we're going to get to uh, to your stunning stats. Let's do it. Do we have a name for that black tie behind the glass? We got to get. I don't want to call them mind blowing stats. They are. Why not? Because that's already – somebody else already uses that as a title. Stats of the week. I don't Nuggets know. We'll work on that, but let's get through these Mind games expanding here. expanding stats? 
I make my picks for you. I've got DC at home. We're recording uh, uh, about an hour before kickoff there. So we take DC against the Giants. That seems like an easy one. I'll take mm-hmm. the Dolphins in a neutral site. And I think that um, Ryan Tannehill throws for about 270 meters in that one, <laughs> no matter what Joe Feldman did. Um, I think Pittsburgh wins at home against Tampa. And that is my eliminator pick, my, uh, you know, my suicide pool pick this week. But if you think that one's going to be a walkover, I think you are incorrect about that one. I definitely straight up would rather take uh, face Josh McCown as a Steeler fan than I would Mike Glennon. I think uh, that I kid, can see Glennon being a little frisky. I think he has a good game. Yeah. I think he's going to put up a number there. But I think the Steelers will pull that one out. But, man, I'm telling you, I, I'm tempted almost. To, I know I said I just said it's my suicide pool pick, but I also am tempted to take the Bucks in that one. Lost 10 straight. In September, mm. the box is the longest. Second All right, straight. but that's a, I know you. I know you don't. You don't say, like, "Oh, well, that trend's going to break." If it's a if it's a downward trend, that's a bad mm-hmm. idea to try and buck that with your pick. I, I, but you know, eventually, they're not going to lose every September game they ever play. Well, here's one too. To it's give, not like to give you hope about this. This Buccaneers defense is uh, weak deep down the field. They're allowing 76 percent of passes thrown 15 yards downfield Whoa, to be fun and the Steelers one. do have Antonio Brown who has the third most receptions at that length mm. in the last two years behind only Calvin and Jordy um, next up wait can I just ask yes, you guys ahead. both a question please dance off between Eli Manning and Mike Lennon who wins mm. Ooh. who wow. and, and urban as a, dance off as a side as a side question to that little offshoot is whose face looks less like that of an NFL quarterback's. Eli. Glennon's all-time. Glennon is Glennon is probably top three all-time, but Brian Hoyer's in the conversation as well. Eli did. They don't, lo- they don't have the leading man, you know, mug. Eli did drop the funk in, the, uh, in his commercial with his brother. He did. He mm-hmm. might be able to cut some rug. Yeah, he's got some experience mm-hmm. in the area. That's a good point there. Yeah. Hmm. But then Glennon's closer to his college days. I'm sure there were some late nights or at least a couple of late nights. He was at a frat party. You know, things got loose. Maybe Glennon got loose. Mm. I could see him using those limbs. Yeah. You know, even if he didn't intend them to move in the direction that he swung them, I could see it amounting to something that was compelling to look at. And you brought up Hoyer. I like to think of him as very blue-collar, almost like the Springsteen of quarterbacks in the NFL. I could see him maybe dancing like Bruce in the Dancing in the Dark video with Courtney Cox. <laughs> or I was, yeah, or like Courtney Cox in the video. Yeah. Um, next up, the Tennessee Titans at the Colts. will be quick on this one. We'll take the Colts uh, at home. They need that one. they got to even their schedule at 2-2. Two and two. Um, and and uh, Drew, do not wait for me. Jump no. in with anything you want to say. On Here's just a, fu- a, a fun nugget that means nothing. The uh, Colts leading rusher the last time the Titans beat him. The Colts leading rusher when the Titans won when the, the game. The last time the Titans Edger beat him. and James. Correct. Curtis, Curtis Painter. <laughs> 79. The great nice. Curtis Painter. Detroit Lions at the Jets we picked. We took the uh, Packers over the Bears. I think that one's uh, a really close one. Ravens at home. How about this as a tough game, Hanzoos? Mm. Bills at Texans. Both teams 2-1. Neither one a world beater. Although, if you look at how the standings are shaping up now very early in the AFC, who's going to get that six wild card? Maybe it's 
I you know before the season. I don't remember. No, no, I picked the Steelers and the and the Bengals. But you know, maybe the Ravens sneak in there, and even the Browns, if things break just right for them, they could both wild cards could, could come out of the AFC North. And by the way, my statement that the AFC North is the best division in the NFL doesn't look so silly anymore now, does it? Mm-mm. There's no fourth place team as good as the Browns anywhere yeah. else in the NFL. Um, I'll take the Bills on the road in this one. How say you, Hansus? I th- I'm taking the Texans and. Uh... I just like the Texans. I think they're going to be a team that that might even be hanging around in the divisional race with the Could be. Colts by the end of the season. So I feel like this is a game. If that's going to be the truth, they're going to win at home. Kind of like the Ryan Fitzper- Fitzpatrick revenge angle on the Bills too. Ah, see, I can see him nice. playing well. I do like that. Uh, with those type of stakes. Arian Foster is. Uh, questionable, I believe, to play in this game, or or could end up being at that designation. Oh, is that right? I thought I know you, the hamstring. I, I actually, you know what? I'm maybe I'm wrong on that. Well, I will say this. You know, I talk about the Jenga theory a mm-hmm. lot. The uh, the player that you know every NFL team is going to lose players over the course of the season. If you take the wrong piece away, like in Jenga, the whole thing can implode. Obviously, if you take away any team's quarterback, that'll happen. But non quarterbacks, Arian Foster perhaps is more significant than J.J. Watt. If only because J.J. Watt was out there all last year. They went 2-14. and 14. He was healthy and dynamite. It didn't make a difference. Arian Foster, though, missed almost all of last year. They stunk. They go 2-0 and 0 with Foster in the lineup. Then they lose yeah. a game they shouldn't really lose last week with Foster on the show. And Bill O'Brien said today that Foster probably will end up being a game-time decision. So you don't know what's going on. It's a hamstring issue. All right. We'll definitely take the tra- – oh, yeah, you wanted to well, either, jump in there? No, either way, the Bills lose because – you know, they either lose to Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they're still a team that paid him $60 million. So, <laughs> either way, true. it's a loss. <laughs> I'm glad you're here to make sure, if nothing else, that no one ever forgets that, yeah. uh, that the Bills Never made forget. that decision. And by the way, how good would the Bills be? I, 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 I should really look this up. I, I, I thought this in the car to myself uh, yesterday as I drove. What would the Bills be? if they hadn't burned the first-round pick on E.J. Manuel? Who do they take there? Who would be their quarterback right now? Because they've made a lot of great decisions, obviously. They're set on defense. On offense, they're loaded as well. The questionable choice is E.J. Manuel. If you replace him with a better choice, they're, they're, they, you would be saying, oh, well, definitely they're, they're going to beat the Patriots. As it is, they still have a shot to beat the Patriots out this year for the, uh, for the Eastern crown. Falcons at Vikings. I'll take the Falcons. Um, I do like Teddy Bridgewater in the dome there. I think he has a decent day. We take the Niners at home against the Eagles, Saints on the road at the Cowboys, and the Patriots to beat the Chiefs. Any disagreement along the way there, Hanzoos? I got the Chiefs. Do you now? Yeah, I'm a little insane with my picks this week. Uh, we, I like it. With the We track it at the Around the NFL group, and I have four what we call hero picks where I'm the only one picking one of the teams, and this was one of them. Uh, I'm not impressed by the Patriots yet. I think they have a lot of issues going on. Uh, I said earlier that I think Gronk will eventually get back to being Gronk, but he's not there yet. And I could see the Colt, uh, Chiefs getting up for that game and putting some points on the board, and I think that will be an upset of the week. Is Bernard Pollard playing? You guys know? <laughs> <laughs> that would be bad news. I think, I think Brady's all right. Yeah, the Bernie Pollard Bowl. Very he's, good. He's, he's five and one on a Monday Night Football since 2010. By the way, Brady, I think I think he'll be fine. Yeah, they're going to win that game. Although, I'll see. I'll show you all of you. Well, Jamal Charles looks like he's ready to go, and uh, it's a recurring point that we make uh, on the show is that uh, for whatever good you have to say about the Pats, stuff in the run ain't one of them, and Jamal Charles might uh, might gash him pretty good. All right, Dan Hanzoos. 
one of the uh, the heroes of the Around the NFL page at NFL.com and, of course, doing uh, doing the podcast, gangbuster stuff there. Now also, just like the DDFP, available, or at least segments of it, available in video form. Make sure you're looking out for those on NFL.com and NFL Now. Dan Hanzoos, all the best to you and to your Jets at home this weekend. In a big Thank one. you, sir. Thank they you lose that one. They're done, though, right? They might be fourth place in your bum division. Potentially. Yeah. The wheels could fly off if they blow this game. All right. There he goes. The great Dan Hanzoos. All right, Drew, let's uh, let's wrap it up here. And, uh, and well, before we get to your uh, to the other great stats you have, um, your thoughts on my my triplets list here that we went over a little while ago. Yeah, I don't know. I you know, I don't want to be called a homer. I just uh, because I have the Steelers at number one. But it, I mean, who would be better? Peyton's gang? Maybe. I don't know who else you would put ahead of them. Well, I don't remember uh, who it was, if it was Dan or Elliot who threw out the Packers. But if you look at, you know, Jordy Nelson being a weak link, come on. I didn't say it. He's pretty good. I think it no, was uh, – EH said that. Yeah, I thought that was pretty right. ridiculous myself. It's a, it's, Jordy Nelson, I mean, a weak link? Are come you on. kidding me? What? <laughs> he, had, he had 200 yards in week two. It's, uh, I know, absurd. but, you know, it is I, – I always say it about Aaron Rodgers, whoever is lucky enough to catch passes from him is going to be productive. Would Jordy Nelson – what do you think he would do if he were on – if Jordy Nelson – was a jet? What would it? What, yeah, what kind of numbers? But we're judging them as as triplets, not as. You're right. Individual. Okay, I'm just I'm just always curious about how he ranks for people, and I think Jordy Nelson would be good. Well, I'd say, and I throw out the Jets. I throw out one of the lesser QBs in the NFL. Like if he was with Alex Smith, I think if he was with Alex Smith, he'd be he'd be dynamite. Yeah. Well, you can also play that game with how good would you know would Andrew Luck be, or how good would Russell Wilson be if he was with the Colts? If you know Andrew Luck and Russell Wilson. I love playing that game. Look, are we playing that game? Well, no, we're playing the tri- <laughs> we're playing okay. the triplet game don't right now. Don't get locked in, Joe. <laughs> um, yes, don't get sucked into my thing. Well, first of all, let me th- throw out uh, the the uh, my bottom five here. How do you feel about this? At number twenty eight, Drew, I go the aforementioned Gino, Chris Ivory, Eric Decker trio. Mm-hmm. At twenty nine, I go Blake Bortles, who I think is going to be dynamite, but for the time being, we don't know. And then Toby Gerhardt. And Marquise Lee, underwhelming the with the with those two. At thirty I go with the Vikings, Bridgewater, Matt Asiata, and uh Cordero. Ooh. I'd like to go with Cordero Cordero you, higher, can but you, can you th- just can you just go Cordero Cordero? I know, that's what I was saying. Like the running yeah. back thing is uh is bad. Um by the way, we'll get to it at some point. And this is not at all, you know, sort of um, you know, What's more important, obviously, I you know I certainly agree with what the Vikings did with Peterson, but I think in our rush or you know the the way the news cycle works or whatever, I you know Adrian Peterson had a shot at at breaking the all time rushing record, and that that's now gone. I find that a fascinating thing that we've sort of turned the page, and I agree completely with it. I think everybody is morally right about uh, about what they're thinking, but it's interesting that even if Adrian Peterson plays again. That un, uh, that is an unlikely thing that he'll ever do is uh, break Emmett Smith's uh, rushing record. It's I, I just feel no. I, I I've heard virtually no one really point that out, and probably because it's not as important as uh, the real life stuff. But just the same, interesting that uh, such a significant uh, player in NFL history is now uh, is now lost a shot at that. Next, I go at thirty-one. Derek Carr, MJD, James Jones, or you can put Darren McFadden in there. I don't care how you want to do that. I still don't know how doesn't, you argue. Doesn't against matter. That. Yeah. And at thirty-two. Bringing up the rear, triplet, 
Sam Bradford, Zach Stacy, Brian Quick. Did I get that right, or should it have been the Raiders? Where do you have uh, Where do you have the t- uh, the Titans in there? Just above uh, that group we just went They're over. Twenty seven. Twenty seven. I go Locker, Sankey, Kendall Wright. Kendall Ooh. Wright's good, and Sankey might be good. Sankey looks like he's going to be something. Okay. No? You think I should have him lower down, huh? Well, I mean, at this point. I got, behind we're, who, we're though? Split, we're splitting hairs. You're right. Well, who am I? Who would you have me push him below? Uh, I think that the collective Chris Ivory, Eric Decker could go could go above them. Hmm. Does Gino bring them down that much to put them below Jake Locker? Maybe you're right. And Gino hasn't been bad. He's been okay. I so all right so but I uh, and then I have uh, by the way now I'm just bouncing around in the middle of the pack because we didn't mention them yet some people might be surprised I have the Niners at 13 which might feel low to some people but Cap Gore Crabtree instead of Crabtree I almost went Vernon Davis there too I think he's the more significant item uh, more than Crabtree and at 14 I have Phil Rivers with Ryan Matthews and Keenan Allen and then finally Andrew Luck because you have Ahmad Bradshaw and Reggie Wayne. And after that, it's all, you know. So you went to Mod instead of Trent Richardson. Yes. That's the right thing to do, isn't it? Yes. Um, so what? So who – give me your top – because you are driving yours off purely numbers, which is probably the better way to do it. Mine is, is just responding to what my gut tells me to say. Well, the tough – obviously, I can't really factor in the quarterback in a lot of these when you look just stat-based. But top five in terms of the highest percentage of a team's yards by their leading rusher and receiver – DeMarco and Dez, number one. Hmm. They count for 55% of the Cowboys' yards. Then you got Lacey and Nelson at two, Monty Ball and uh, Emmanuel Sanders at three, Rashad Jennings and Victor Cruz are all the way up at four, and then your number one, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown are no- number five. So you're going you're gonna to hide behind your numbers. Is that, what, is that what your gut tells you, though, Christensen? Be honest with you. Start from there. Is that how you feel? No, my number one would be the Packers. Packers number one. Yeah. I well, listen. I'm not going to argue with you about that one. Aaron Rodgers to me still is the best, but Jordy Nelson isn't a top five receiver. Eddie Lacy, I guess, is pretty close to the top five among the runners. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty strong one there. I think it's interesting that it yields that my list at least that uh, three of the top five triplets are all NFC North teams because I go three Detroit, four Green Bay, five Chicago. You know that that tough NFC North, all about the defense and the running game. I know. Suddenly not so much. And it's hard to really say that uh, when we're not even a week removed from uh, Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford combining to score, what was it, 17? I think it was 17 offensive points. Yeah, I fell asleep. Um, All right, let's get uh, to Drew Christensen's the stats of the week or whatever black tie. Super stats. No, that's not good. Oh, fun. Uh, Before we hop in. Here's a little interesting one that I wanted to get with Hanzoos here, that Geno's never lost back-to-back home games as a starting QB. Wow. And Stafford has lost four straight on the road. So it's a keen one. It'll be interesting to see you know, which, which trend there emerges. But some of the other uh, – I like that one. When people do trends, though, they're like, do you know that the Titans, when they lose on a Monday night, haven't come back, and they, they're, they're one – and 17 lifetimes. Like, well, none of those guys were even alive exactly. when that, I, I, those kind of numbers are hooey and applesauce. That one, Gino's only, you know, 19 games into his career. Yeah. So that one's a, a workable one. All right. So the uh, the Detroit Lions, as a, as a Lions fan, I, you know, this might be, uh, this might not be interesting to you. You, Play tell, it on you tell me. The Lions have had the ball in third and four longer 36 times this year. And only one of those plays has been a designed run. 
Uh, they've run the ball, Stafford scrambled, and they've knelt down. On third and six, they've passed 100% of the time. Does that surprise me? No. Teams nowadays, that would it used to always stun me when you'd see teams in third and two and they'd line up in the shotgun. But now it's just par for the course. No one ever runs when it's more than so – it's third and four. I'd be stunned to see almost anybody try a draw or something else there. Really? You don't think that's a tell at all? I do, no, I do think it's a tell, but I, I'm just reacting to what I see. Every every team works out of the gun, it seems like, in third and four or longer. They just they rarely run a draw anymore. I think it's to the detriment. I like when Russell Wilson does some of the stuff that he does, when they do little design rollouts for him in those situations so he has a chance to run it. But most teams don't do that. I wouldn't think Stafford, they're going to get him moving around. So No, I think you just you got to back like Joy Bell, take advantage of him. You know? On third and four. Why not? All right. Interesting. It would, clear, it would clearly be a surprise. All right. Uh, last week, Donald Brown had 31 rushes for 62 yards. He averaged two yards per Craziness. rush. Craziness. 31 was, carries. When do you see that anymore? It hasn't happened to a Charger since LT. Uh, only the third player in NFL history to have 30 rushes in a game and average two yards or fewer per rush. Oof. The other two were Edger and James. Oh, I thought you were going to let me guess. I was going to guess Franco Harris for one. Well, you can guess the other one. Edger and James with the Cardinals in 2006. The other one... You got to go back to the 1950s. Oh, my goodness! I don't even know if I can name anybody from the 1950s. Eddie, Eddie, how could you forget the Eddie Price performance? 1951, <laughs> 32 rushes, 47 yards. All right, that, for future reference, Christensen, maybe you haven't heard me say this. I don't care about anything that happened pre 60s, okay. AFL, Super Bowl era. 50s that doesn't count. Nobody cares. The people that were playing the sport were essentially me and you. The, the equivalent of you and me were NFL football players. Okay. The sport, football, I mean, baseball and boxing, they were way bigger. This was a, this was a fringe sport at the time. The best player, the best athletes weren't doing this. Here's one on the, uh, <laughs> what do you want me to say? Another night. Th- I, I like that you just accept, throw, you, accept. Ex- you heed my, my, my rule and you move along. Yeah. That's, so you see, Black Tie, that's the way it should be. You don't, you don't get, you don't, oh, but, 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 no, no, no. I'm just going to move along. That's Come a great on, player. What's that? What's <laughs> up with that? So the uh, Teddy Bridgewater era beginning yes. in Minnesota, the last quarterback for the Vikings to start 16 games in back-to-back seasons. Who you got? What, as a rookie? No, just period. The last time the Vikings had a quarterback oh. start every game in back-to-back seasons, which obviously they're going to hope that now the next you know three years. Well, I'm not going to ask you for the years on that because that would tell it to me. I'm going to say 16 games, so that's 78. You can't go back any further than no, that. No, just every game. It doesn't have to be 16. Oh, it doesn't? No. Oh, okay. So now that throws me a little bit of a curveball. I'm going to still say Tommy Kramer. Fran Tarkenton. It was Francis. 1972 and 1973, the last time the Vikings had a QB start every game. Wow, that's back something, back huh? It's the longest. longest I was surprised streak. to hear the other day, Ben Roethlisberger's only made it through an entire season, I think, twice now out of 10. Well, they're 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 not in the, in the bottom five. The other teams here in the bottom five, the Chicago Bears haven't had a QB do it since 76, 77. The Browns since 80, 81. The Rams, 91, 92. And the Bucks, Trent Dilfer, 97-98. Wow. Interesting stats. It's been a while. Um, so does that wrap up the uh, the unnamed stats segment? What else you got for You got anything else for me? No, that's it. That's, uh, that's it. All. Well, here's a cool one. I think in – it was – I said I don't have the year or anything, so, so who cares. But in 1995, 
I remember it well. I was seven. In 1995, I believe the year was, and I think it bleeds into the following season, the Chicago Bears offensive line didn't have a holding call against it for 16 games. That's remarkable, isn't it? Okay. That drops my jaw. How did an entire offensive line not get called for holding over the course of what amounts to a full season? I, I tell you what, if you invite me back next week, I can, I'll can i follow up on that for See you. See if that's true. Yeah. I'm sure you'll find the fact that it wasn't true because when I tried to – I, I thought this was a true one, that since the Patriots of ought three, no team has started off worse than three and one and won the Super Bowl. But mm. I, I put that out on Twitter and people quickly said, oh, the, the Giants were 0-2 in ought seven. And then I felt foolish. That's, that's, what you, that's what you have me for. Ask and me. And then that's exactly right. Then I made myself feel better by thinking, that's not my Ballywick. That's why we bring in Christensen. All right, so that's it for this week. Um, we'll be back on the other side of the games for you. And, of course, yes, the Sheck Report is back. It goes up every Tuesday night. Be on the lookout for that. And uh, for the spoiler alert, we'll be out for you in front of the games to review the picks and not just tell you who we're picking, but to give you the exact score and the leading performers, the individual performances. That's available for you at NFL.com slash Sheck, S-H-E-K. Thanks to Elliot Harrison. Thanks to Dan Hanzoos. Thanks to Drew Christensen and the black tie behind the glass. By the way, kudos to black tie. He's an Emmy winner now. I don't know if you heard the news. He won an Emmy with Carmen Dukes and that whole gang from uh, NFL.com. So kudos to all those people as well. Um, And black tie with that, plus his Stitcher Award for Best Podcast, which we won – Two years ago, 2012, his yep. desk is getting so crowded. I don't wow. even know what he can do with himself. And his, his head's getting big. <laughs> oh, it was already big. Oh. It, was, it was already gigantic. I can't imagine, though, what it's going to do to him now. So, all right. Oh, and also, one more thing, NFL.com. Be on the lookout because, uh, like I mentioned earlier, Dave Damashek football program, um, Around the NFL, Move the Sticks podcast, Coaches Show, the college football show. We're now putting out videos from Studio 66. Maximum strength! I don't want to call myself a Papa or a proud pop. Studio you don't have to say that every time. But the, I, I, I feel uh, that this is great that we're now pushing out videos uh, from from this little thing that we started doing a, a few years ago. So, all right. So be on the lookout for all that stuff. Enjoy the uh, the week four games. We'll be back on uh, I guess Monday evening to review them for you and start getting you ready for the week five games. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, 
creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. 